0: Welcome to the Axe Church Podcast. Glad you're with us today. My name is Hunter Croft, and I am the worship leader at Axe Church in Camus, Washington. And I'm here with our pastor, David Robinson. Hello. We've got some uh, something that we want to discuss, an article that we recently found that we wanted to discuss with you today. But first off, I mean, how is, how's life, David?
1: Oh, you know, it's... Uh... It's got its good sides and it's tough sides but the Lord is faithful I've been learning a lot about uh, just trusting the Lord lately and uh, he's brought a lot of circumstances uh, where I've just had to really lean on him and so it's been uh, mm-hmm. you know those are difficult times but those are times that are uh, that really grow your faith they really grow your trust in the Lord and uh, you know when he says lean on me, He's going to come through, and so doesn't mean times will be hard. Doesn't mean things will be difficult. Doesn't mean that there won't be a lot of stuff. But he is—he's uh, faithful when we trust him, and you know he sort of builds those muscles of trust and faith in him. And so I've been sort of going through uh, the, some difficult things that have put me in that situation, but it's also been a, a huge blessing to see the Lord come through and be trustworthy. So yeah. that's been a good—a good thing. Well, I had this—I'm uh, <clears throat> sorry—I had this article come to me from, uh, actually, Sherry Ware, who was on the podcast a little while back, sent me this the other day, and I found it interesting. I thought maybe it's worth talking about. I think it's the type of stuff that a lot of us know already, but it's a good um, sort of way to help us understand our friends and neighbors and to help us understand ourselves, Um, I think, a little bit in terms of the way that we are viewing church and the way that we are... Um, uh looking at so it's called ten reasons even committed church attenders are attending church less often and it's by uh, carrie neewof who is a i think he's a pastor in canada um, i've listened to a podcast of his before i think he's got a couple of different ones but he wrote this and and i don't think it's that recent uh, but it's it's interesting and uh it, basically it's it's talking about listen we're, we're not talking about people who are busy in the church or people who you know aren't believers yet or, or any of that kind of thing. We're talking about the folks who are really committed, the folks who are um, you know, a part of the church, who are connected to the church, who are volunteering, who are doing all those kinds of things, that there's a a trend that those folks who in times past were very, very regular in their attendance would not miss very often at all. Now, miss much more often in terms of, and and I think we're just talking about missing Sunday morning worship service. And so, uh, you know, before we kind of get into his reasons and and all that kind of stuff and and talk through it, let me ask you what your experience has been. Um, I'll talk about mine too, but, you know, growing up in the church, obviously in Spokane, uh, culturally a little different, uh, geographically a little different than here, um, different than Canada. Of course, this article is talking about. Nationwide, You know, this is, and I think probably both U.S. and Canada, uh, that this is a trend that we see. But tell me about sort of from the time you were very young to the time that, say, you left the church that you grew up in to go to Bible college or whatever. What what was your, did you notice this trend that was it everybody used to come all the time? And as time went on, you saw uh, more sporadic attendance, not specifically talking about the really connected group of people at the church.
0: yeah. I think um, I noticed that definitely growing up, um, and it's kind of hard to tell, you know, when you're younger, you see things differently, and then when you're older, you have bigger expectations um, that um, even if things are the same, it might feel like there are less people around, mm -hmm. but I definitely think that there was a... I noticed it mostly in the volunteer presence at my home church. Um, I think when I was really young, it just seemed like there were tons and tons of families who were always... um, Coming together for whatever event we were putting on, like a VBS or youth events. Um, and I, I know for certain that, and this is partly just circumstance of people um, moving away, but I know when I started youth group, we probably had eight to 10 youth leaders. And by the time I graduated, we probably had four to five youth leaders. Um, and part of that was just a lot of those youth leaders got married and moved away, um, mm-hmm. went on to another job out of town or something like that. So it's not necessarily... Um, indicative of this trend that we're discussing, but I did notice from when I was probably seven or so where there might be, you know, 10 families involved in in helping set up for VBS um, during the summer. By the time I was, you know, 16, there might only be three or four families involved in that setup. Um, and I so I, I don't know what the attendance necessarily looked like. I wasn't paying attention to those types of things in high school, but um I definitely felt some sort of drop off in in church involvement in general throughout mm-hmm. my throughout my life and that, yeah, I'm sure every church is experiencing different um, different dynamics of that in the last couple of decades, um, but that was something I felt at, at our home at my home church up in Spokane. Yeah, I, I think that uh,
1: you know, when I was young it was, you're at church every time the doors are open. Uh, of course, I was a pastor's son, and so, uh, you know, <laughs> we sort of had to be, uh, but there was the way that pretty much everybody uh, looked at it, uh, the way that, that most people, I think, connected with church who were who were connected was, yeah, we if church is going on, we're there. Um, and that process, I think, has its, and we'll talk about the negative side and positive side of that, of that mindset. Um, but it certainly has changed, which is to say um, you do not see, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with the attendance patterns of um, Axe Church, for instance. And, and, you know, I can see every week because I know the people who's missing, who's not, who's there and who's whatever. And most of our people are, are actually, I think, at Axe Church, maybe more often than the average. I actually mm-hmm. think that, that this trend that they're talking about here, um, we do pretty well with it in terms of people really being committed and connected, but I've also been at other churches and I've also, I also recognize this trend. And of course, again, just to be clear, I'm not talking about people who are on the, um, outskirts of, you know, still deciding whether to be connected or still deciding whether to be committed or, um, just, you know, the seeker, the person who's just checking it out. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people who are, you know, in the church, you know, and some churches have membership. Those those folks, right? Yeah. And so, I also have noticed that when I was growing up, like an event, you know, you, you do the event based stuff, a uh, big youth outreach week, something like that. You get a lot of people for that. You get a lot of people behind it. There's a lot of uh, um, attendance, and that doesn't always necessarily carry through to oh, okay, I'm going to be there every week now or anything like that, which is, I think, normal. Um, and in, in expected in an event um, type of context. And so church has has changed a lot uh, since I've been young in terms of, you know, trying to become relevant, trying to become, um, you know, trying to maintain the New Testament um, principles of church and church attendance and so on um, while dealing with a changing culture. And so I want to go through a few of these um Reasons that he gives and talk about uh, you know what they are and 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 what to what extent they affect us personally or uh, Those we know and uh, you know, whether maybe they're not all necessarily a bad thing Uh, the first one that he talks about is is greater affluence, which is to say people have more money Than they used to as a as a culture. Um, I don't know uh, whether that's true, I think it would be true of some churches where, uh, you know, uh, you know, in certain areas or certain places where the majority of folks are, you know, uh, as he puts it here, middle class, upper middle class, um, you know, suburban folks and so on, where there is more access or, or you know, there's a higher amount of pay. Um, and so they just have more options on a Sunday morning uh, than than they did it in times past uh, where you have, uh, if, if church is your main connection to social life and, and so on, which I think it should be, uh, when, when you have money, you have actually more options uh, in terms of what you can do, what you're capable of doing. And so I don't find that, you know, that one is sort of a setup for some of the other ones. And so I don't want to go really deeply into people don't come to church because they have more money. Um, that's that's kind of, uh, it's too broad. So yeah. some of the ones he says after that really kind of focus in on us. So I want to take the next one, which is higher focus on kids' activities. So when I was young, uh, I don't remember... Ever having a sporting event on a Sunday? You know, I played sports. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever having a sporting event that happened on a Sunday. Uh, traveling sport, like travel ball type sports, I don't remember really existing. Like that, mm-hmm. there were I did not have a bunch of friends who were going away to soccer tournaments every weekend or basketball tournaments every weekend. That type of thing. It just wasn't part of what I recall going on at the time. We played sp- sports, you know, uh, youth sports until you got into junior high, high school, and then you played. You know, high school sports. And high school sports are generally during the week, mm-hmm. uh, right? They're footballs on Friday nights or, you know, depending on, you know, which team you're on. Maybe you play on a Monday night or a Thursday night or whatever. Uh, baseball, they're during the week. They're after school. They're that type of thing. And so it really didn't interfere with the, the weekend where Sunday morning would have been a time. So yeah. I think that this has two parts to it. One is... That society had a certain respect for Sunday mornings in general, right? There was yeah. a time when, when nothing was open. My mom will always be like, Yeah, Fred Meyer was the first place that started opening around here in Portland on Sundays. And that's, you know, uh, you know, and after that, you know, it, it all went downhill. Everybody's opening up and no one's treating Sunday uh, with respect anymore, which Fred is Fred Meyer. Yeah, Fred Meyer. Fred, I'm going like, to, that guy. But <laughs> the, the point is, is that. She's right in the sense that the culture definitely has moved away from saying, "Okay, Sunday morning is something that's family time. Whether you go to church or not, we sort of respect it." And and it was a Sabbath. Right, like I remember being in in law school um in Virginia and one of my professors said, "My neighbors who don't go to church also won't come out of the house to like mow the lawn or do whatever until about noon just so everybody else doesn't necessarily know that they don't go to church, right? <laughs> because it was kind of so culturally part of what goes on in that area that that uh, there was almost like a maybe an embarrassment or whatever, but everybody sort of takes play takes part in the Sunday ritual of we don't we don't do stuff on Sunday until sort of the after church time. Yeah, uh, that is definitely not the case here. Yeah. We just have two Saturdays in driving, the northwest.
0: Driving to church on Sunday mornings, it's amazing how many people are out running at like eight in the morning on a Sunday morning. I
1: running, yeah. See, that's its own problem. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> that just seems tiring, and I've got a car, so why would I Why would I do that? But that's a, a different issue, obviously. <clears throat> Assumingly they're doing it for health or something, but, that, yeah, it just seems crazy. Um, but, yeah, people are out doing their thing, right? It, it, if you go out on a Saturday morning and you go out on a Sunday morning in the Northwest, I don't think you would see a, a hugely discernible difference mm-hmm. in the number of people out um, and the people that are out you know, shopping, doing what you do on the weekend, right? You t- you're taking care of stuff. You hit the Home Depot, and you pick up a 2 by 4 Because you got to fix the whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, All of that kind of stuff is going on, and it goes on. Saturday and Sunday pretty equally. Of course, that's not how it would have looked 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago. I don't think it would have been like it is now. And so that's one aspect is the uh, the desacralizing of Sunday or whatever. And that may be one of his points here, but I want to talk about it here because I think it relates to the kids' activities thing. Because yeah. there's nothing wrong with having your kids in activities. That was in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but now there are people who who would prioritize having their kid in several, on several teams, um, several of which travel to where they're out of town all the time on the weekends. And of course, that's related to the affluence thing. You gotta have money to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it relates to how are we prioritizing. Um, here's here's my thing, and, and I'm, you know I have no intention of this being offensive or anything, but most of the kids on these teams are probably not gonna make their living playing the sport, mm-hmm. right?
0: Maybe, they might get through college
1: Some of them might get through college. Um, The the statistics would say that those who are able to pay for a college education by playing sports compared to the number of young people who play sports is probably a relatively small number. Um, And then those who, now they might still get to enjoy playing sports in college, that would be a bigger number because not all schools give scholarships. Um, But the number of kids that would, Benefit financially because of the output of, hey, I've had you in so many sports is is probably relatively small. And so um, I don't know if if a lot of I, I, I don't know what the mindset is, if it's, hey, my kid really wants to do this and they really want to do this all the time. Um. That's one thing, or hey, I want this for my kid because I think it's gonna pay for college, I, you know, that type of thing. That's another mindset. I'm sure there are, like anything, there are a ton of reasons why you might do it, but the one thing that seems to get sacrificed in it, and for those who, who do that is, church mm-hmm. and, and the community. And so, you're, so you're substituting basically the soccer community, the basketball community, whatever, for the church community. And of course, that's a very poor substitute um, <laughs> uh, for your growth spiritually, for your growth as a family and so on. Now, having said that, I'm not dogging on somebody who has their kids in, in sports. I'm just making the, the obvious connection that it is a choice that you're making. It is a priority choice that you're making. Mm-hmm. Did you see that much
0: when you were growing up? I don't think so. I think so. So for me, I did a lot of sports in high school. I did I did a lot of cross country and track in high school, and a lot of times we had Saturday, um, invitational meets, and even when it, we would have meets in Seattle and in Portland and in Montana and things like that, and even those ones that were on Saturday, we'd be back by, you know, midnight Saturday night. Um, so we'd always. I don't. It never affected me to miss church unless I was just really tired and just didn't get up for church the next morning. Right. Um, but that's something else. So I I did not encounter that a lot. No. Um, until, until I think that I saw some some of it in college when I was at churches. You'd um, be like, oh, where is this youth student? Oh, they're gone on a, a, soccer tournament or a basketball tournament trip to, somewhere, right? Else.
1: Right. And, and I, I, there's a difference between, you know, we have three of these a year. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And we do this every weekend.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's – it's I think what he's talking about here is the – is those who have their kids in, in something like that where it's it's – you're more often doing that than you're at home. Mm-hmm. Or you're you're – you're basically your weekends have been given to this sport so that you're gone most of the time yeah. on the weekends or really often. I don't think – I don't think you would even see a statistical significant number if your kid was in something that maybe there was three or four tournaments a year where you were gone for the weekend. In fact I, there's reasons why I think that might be great. Um getting mm-hmm. that experience, going somewhere else and, yeah. and and whatever. It's it's more of the I'm on I'm I'm doing this so much that literally we travel for this whole season. Like and I'll when, see you in twelve weeks when we're done with Right. When, when we're done with this is and, and really only see you for two weeks because then the next one starts yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Then it's winter ball, then it's spring ball, then it's summer ball, then it's you know, whatever and and life revolves around that sport, and and I love sports. Okay, love it. Played sports growing up. Uh, you know, it's I, great I, for kids. I think it's great for kids. I think it builds character. I think it. I think it builds a lot of uh, discipline. A lot of things that are really good. Um, and yet, I do not uh, think that sports even rank in priority with uh, what what Christ has called us to in terms of calling us to the church and what we're mm-hmm. what we're to be doing. So there, there's not a a significant well, let me say this differently. I was going to say it's not a significant eternal impact. There can be an eternal impact in the self-discipline that you're learning and, the, and all that kind of stuff, but it's not It's not something I would substitute for church. And I think that's clearly, however we want to put it, that's clearly what you, you're doing if you choose the sport over um, being an active, participating part of your local body. Uh, let me go to number three, yeah. because it's also connected to, uh, to the money thing or to the affluence thing. It's just more travel, right? Um, when, and I talked to Kristen Weyer, you were there, too, yesterday at staff meeting, and and I was like, well, what's the deal in Texas? Do people take off for the weekend as much? And she's like, there's nowhere to go, (laughs) We're in Dallas, (laughs) Texas. Where are you going to go? You know, that's not for a weekend, you know, as we're here in the Portland area, um, in Camas, you can be at the beach in hour and a half to two hours. You can be in the mountains. You can be at Mount Hood, say, for a ski weekend in what fifty minutes, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, maybe an hour. Uh, you can you can be in Seattle in two and a half hours. You can you can go at in, in a place that's a very doable travel weekend to a lot of cool places. And you've got the gorge with all the hiking trails. Absolutely, yep. White Rotor raft. I mean, the summertime. You know, there's the the options are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so with, with people who have the money to do that, but even if you don't have the money, you can go camping. Mm -hmm. You know, people love to camp. Um, and the choice to camp is, is, uh, you know, or to, or to go to the beach or to do whatever is a choice that you have to make. And sometimes that choice means I won't be at church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, now the question, what he's saying is not because people have always done that, which is to say people have always taken a weekend. The the average person has always missed church a certain amount of time to go do that kind of thing. He's talking about those who now, okay, it's now June. The kids get out next weekend. I'll see you in September. I'm going to be at the beach every weekend or I'm going to be camping every weekend. I'm going to be doing I'm going to be going out and enjoying the outdoors, which I think is great to enjoy Mm -hmm. the outdoors. But instead of you know leaving Friday you know being there Friday night Saturday night and then driving back for church on Sunday or coming back on Saturday night or whatever I'm gonna go ahead and take the whole weekend through all these weekends so that I'm gone you know if the summers eight 10 eleven weeks I'm gone seven eight nine of those weeks um, and then of course a few weeks in the fall and a few weeks in the spring and whatever and it, and it adds up right yeah. um, it adds up and I think that's what he's what he's talking about um, again what all these are going to come down to is is the priority, right? And and and, and we're going to come back to, you know, why it might be good to balance this thing instead of the absolutely every time the church doors are open, you never miss it because you feel so guilty if you if you don't. Yeah. And. I prioritize this so low that a friend calls me on Friday and says, hey, what do you think about the beach? And I'm and I'm calling the uh, children's director and being like, hey, heading to the beach this weekend, find somebody to replace me, um, which, you know, there's a time and a place for that. Like, hey, I haven't been able to get out of town in six months, and this is my opportunity that That makes sense, but I was at the beach last weekend. that makes less sense right for for those who traditionally were used to be the people who would be there every time um, It mentions uh blended families uh single parents and so on where maybe the kids are going back and forth on the weekends uh that that uh is obviously uh, an issue that nobody that's not a priorities thing, that's not what nobody has control over that. He mentions that look if you're if there are kids at your church, say youth or young kids, and uh, they're in a, a, a house where there's back and forth on the weekends, then twenty six weeks a year, which is only half the year, is perfect attendance for them. Yeah. Um and so that's just an issue that exists in our society and I'm not sure that's new. Yeah. Um, I don't know what your it's experience play. is with that, but it was very common when I was young that, you know, people w- lived in, uh, you know, had step, you know, had had uh, their parents were divorced and mm-hmm. they went back and forth and things like that. So I'm not really sure that's even a new trend. I and mean, what's your yeah. experience?
0: I'm sure it's. I don't have a lot of experience with that. I don't. I think. I think if I had any divorced fr- friends who were uh, kids of divorced parents, I think most of them, their divorced parents lived in town, so it didn't. So they could still. They could go. still come to church. Um. So, yeah, I don't... Because where I, are you going to go in Spokane? Yeah, I mean, you've got like five churches. <laughs> right. That's right. not true. No, it's a big city. Um, so I I don't think I noticed it that much, but I, I have to believe that it's at least a somewhat increasing trend. I mean... I, I think it probably is
1: increasing in some ways as an attorney, I can speak to this in some ways in a good way, which is to say co-parenting children when there's been a divorce is a a much higher priority for the courts and for Hmm. and for families these days as where in the past sometimes it was sort of there's there's what we call and still exists uh as a as a concept in a lot of places and, and generally this sort of uh the standard parenting plan and the standard parenting plan is kind of usually dad is the one who gets every other weekend and or i'm sorry yeah every other weekend and Mom's two weeks rest- in the summer yeah. right and so the kids basically live with mom 100% of the time and dad only gets so much time and that was sort of the, the thrust of the way that the courts went for a long time and there's been a real movement towards no let's especially when you're in the same city let's look at a, a situation that works for the kids but that involves a co-parenting situation where there's more of a 50-50 split which mm-hmm. i actually think in a lot of ways is good because children need their mother and their father yeah um, and so uh, you know that's that is that trend is probably good, but of course it will affect uh, church attendance, at least for children yeah. um, who can only be there, ha- however often. But there's that one is mentioning it as part of the the reason why we see the numbers that way is one thing, but there's not much you can do about that, other than hopefully the church helping marriages to stay strong, um, yeah. uh, so that these things don't happen. But sometimes, unfortunately, um, there's not a lot you can do. Uh, the next one is is very different than these ones and it's not about money it's not about any of those things it's just online options right yeah so right now we are in the actual process of creating an online option to engage with <laughs> church content yeah right uh every sunday we generally speaking uh, most sundays we record the message we uh these days we put it out um, on the podcast channel as audio and we put out a video or you do uh, and so uh uh, you know very well done the guy that's on it usually isn't very attractive, but that's a an issue that that he has to deal with um so but the uh the fact is is that you can miss church and not have missed say the message you can catch that uh you know when it comes out uh during the week you can so you so I think there comes this this point where it's easier when you're sitting here justifying or thinking about i'm gonna go to the beach, or let's be honest, I'm going to sleep in, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to get up. You can be thinking, I'll catch the sermon later. Um, uh, Now there's a good and a bad, and you can even go, there's even churches that do their whole service live catch. You can get the worship experience, you know, these big churches with these great worship bands and, and preaching, and you get the whole service. You can sit there at your, in your, you know, underwear and watch the the whole service go on and you with a cup of coffee from your couch. Um, And so, you know, I have always, uh, always. Uh, I have generally resisted doing a live service, um, having our service go out live. You could now just do it on Facebook Live, and for basically zero expense, you could set up an iPhone, push go, <laughs> and have the entire service worship the whole thing, broadcast on Facebook Live. Anybody who wanted to could could check in, um, and so the cost to to put this kind of content out has, is so low that a lot of churches are doing it. And I'm glad that they do because there are people who are uh, in the hospital or mm-hmm. for whatever reason can't get out of the house or whatever and still want to be able to engage with the community at whatever level they can. Yeah, And so... I like it for that. I do not like it for the I decided to sleep in this weekend or, you know, what I've admittedly done in the past when we went to a church that live cast their sermons years ago is every once in a while we, you know, my wife and I would just be like, "Yeah, we'll just watch it today." Mm-hmm. You know, well, here's the problem with it. Um, I'm watching it, but I'm also making breakfast for the kids, and I'm also I'm not engaging in it in the same way as I would be if I was in church. And even if I did, it would not be the same. It's not yeah. the same as being there, because here's the one thing that here's the one part of the equation that is completely missing. You're not adding you yeah, to it, yeah. right? You're not bringing yourself. And and one of the things we've really pushed at Acts Church and and so on is. Uh, you have gifts. You have abilities. You have talents, and you are important to the church. You being there, them seeing your face, you speaking that encouraging word, or even bringing your own um, issue that you need prayer for, or whatever, they give somebody else the opportunity to use their gift to come alongside you. You know, you you are part of the equation. Church is not a production, or else we just go do it in the studio somewhere and put it out, and everybody could just sit at home and do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's your, have you been in a church that did that? Did you notice it affecting attendance? What was your, what's your experience of it?
0: Um, My experience is not so much, I've never been able to see any particular attendance trend, Um, but I do, so when my wife and I first got settled in Boise for my last year of college, um, we kind of had decided to plug into um, this one church and we had gone there a couple of times, and one morning, me and my wife were both pretty introverted people. Um, it takes a little extra effort for us to to go interact with people. And so uh, one morning, it, we just were not feeling social. We weren't feeling like we wanted to um, engage with people at all. So we um, pulled up a live stream for a church actually here in Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. We pulled up a live stream for our church around here and watched that instead, and um for me, it was kind of like, it was a church that I had heard of. I was kind of curious with, to see what their, um, what their services were like since I have, since I was getting a degree for ministry, it was, I kind of had a different angle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, it was, it was a way for us to say, we're still going to get some sort of spiritual nourishment this morning. I don't remember what the sermon was about, so maybe we didn't get that much, but um, <laughs> We're going to get some sort of spiritual nourishment this morning, and we're justified in not going and being part of a local body. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if, if you're an introvert, that's going to be something that you're going to have to to fight probably yeah. on, a, on a weekly basis, you know. Um, I, I know for me, Saturday night, I start getting pretty tired for Sunday morning because it's it's just a lot of, of social interaction. If I had to do a Sunday morning every day of the week, um, I would my brain would get fried because I'm just an introvert. And so um, that type of interaction while good for me is tiring to me. You got to wrap up for it. Yeah. 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 I I start feeling it Saturday morning. I start, I'm mentally in preparing then You know, there's a lot of stuff that I have to pay attention to in preparation for Sunday morning, but just, just the, the act of, of having to interact with that many people is enough of a, of a exertion for me. Yeah. It's
1: funny because there's a certain uh, portion of the population of the church that feels that way, and then there's a certain portion of the population that's like getting eager on Saturday yes, morning, like right? Like right. I get to be there because I love to interact I- to people. interact, and and I think both both love to interact. Uh, it's just a question of how much energy it takes. Yes. or I, I love you
0: know. seeing everybody on Sunday morning. It just takes a different type of energy from me that um, an extrovert. Is is gaining energy yeah, by that? That's what
1: they say, right? An extrovert gains energy, and an introvert loses energy in the process. Um, I guess the extroverts are stealing your energy. Yes. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, sucking, our they're souls. sucking your your energy away. <laughs> um, but you know, there's still there are things that you look forward to, and you know they're going to make you tired, and yet you still look forward to them. Um, but. And if you're not feeling up to it, having that option is going to be much more of a temptation, I think, for the introvert mm-hmm. than it is for the extrovert, who actually is really looking forward to the the uh, you know knowing or let's put it this way is knowing they're going to get energized. Yes, yeah. they're they're more like they're less. They're like, likely. Why would
0: I watch a live feed? Right, like that doesn't. That's only. Right. that's A very small part of why I go to church. Which is also which is also true. It should be it should be true for the introvert. It should be true well. for everybody
1: that it's a small part of why you go to church because. While we definitely, hopefully, we're getting something at church. The primary reason that we go, or the thing that should drive us or compel us to go, is our love for the people Mm -hmm. there. We should be going because we want to give of ourselves. And and I know for some people, like, but I just go. I'd say hi to some people and I talk to people. But I'm just sitting there, and and people don't understand the power of of just sitting there sometimes, of mm-hmm. just being there and of just people knowing there's, a, there's hope and there's security and there's a blessing in just, for me, I don't get to talk to everybody every week, obviously, mm-hmm. but to me, just seeing that they're there, even just coming by and, and giving somebody a slap on the back or whatever, just like, hey you know, I see you, I notice you're there and it means something to me. Yet we're not going to be able to have a long conversation. We're not Mm going to be able to do all that. But, but seeing you does me good when Mm -hmm. you're not there. I don't get that. Yeah. Right. And so you're actually just, just
0: having your face in that place. I was, I was thinking the other day how interesting it was. We were talking about like, Oh, this person missed church the other day. And while I could not have, if you asked me who had missed church, I probably couldn't have told you when you told me that that person was gone. I went, oh, that's why service felt different because mm. that person wasn't there. That person that I may or may not have even talked to while I was there, because they were not present, the whole service was just different um, because... That had a different feel, different because, combination. Yeah, the service is the sum of the people who were there and the people that are... Um, gathering together. So. It's
1: chemistry, baby. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's this guy and that guy and this girl and that girl and, and everybody together, and, and, and Christ Church is his body, right? Yeah. If, if there's a, a finger missing or an eyeball missing or whatever, it makes a difference. Yes. It, it really does. And so um, that's, and that's part of the thing about church attendance and why people write articles and stuff like this is because we understand that it's not about attendance, quote unquote, and I'm making quotes in my fingers, as, as a thing in itself. Attendance is a sign of the health of the church Mm -hmm. and that the church is is able to move forward and do the things that are going on. You also miss things um, if you just listen to uh, a a message online. For instance, uh, what? Some people may not know is if you listen to one of our messages online, oftentimes the first five to I think a, a week ago it was twelve. <laughs> it was sixteen minutes. minutes. Okay, sixteen minutes <laughs> is cut out because we were you know the the messages we're going to give you the part of it that's that's in Acts. So at some point I say something like, "All right, let's get into Acts." That's where the thing starts. Usually, I may have talked for ten minutes about what's going on in the church or or an encouragement of a certain thing or talking about sort of a side note before we get into it, uh, talking about what we believe about Scripture or what we believe, you know, there's, there's oftentimes something there that you won't even get if you just listen to the, mm-hmm. to the podcast, uh, audio of it, or to the, um, to the, uh, video. Yeah. And so you are also missing that the things like announcing what's going on, uh, being able to get a feel for what's happening in the body. You're missing all of those things by not being there. And so to me, the online thing is great for those who weren't able to be there or who need to catch up or whatever, but it would definitely not be a substitute for being part of the church and adding what you have to, do and being discipled and being and having and having elders and and leaders in the church and so on that love you and care for you and are and are whatever and just what you add, like you say, I don't even know what was what was different. It's like oh, so and so wasn't here.
0: I think part of of the reason this trend has grown is that we have seen church as something that is for us. We've we've turned church into a commodity that. Um, I'm going to this church because I I think they are somehow going to um, help me be closer to God or something like that. And we've made church about us and not about what we are is we've made about us when it should be about what we can contribute to the church uh, to the other people in the church and should be about spending time with God um, in a corporate setting. Right. And and that's that's it's just part of you know America is is. How can I make this pursuit about me? And mm. um, I think that's part of the reason why this. Now you're making me feel guilty. I'm, I don't like this at and all. And yeah, it's not like it's not like because um, you and I attend church pretty regularly because well we we really have to. Per, be yeah, there. pretty regularly. Um, <laughs> we're still we're probably that same mindset is probably affecting us elsewhere it's probably um, I think it I think
1: it affects us I, I think that it's okay to say the church is giving me something okay?
0: yes yes I think
1: that that's okay but if that becomes the goal again like I said like what's what's, what's compelling you what's mm-hmm. driving you to be there and if it's what's driving me to be there is me and what it's gonna do for me that's that's a problem if, if it's of course, the me thing is big, and I get some things out of it, but I'm actually there for them. Then on the weeks where you don't feel like you get as much out of it, you're not as likely to be kind of turned off to the whole thing because you, your goal of being there was for the other people. It wasn't like, a total bust. Right. It Or maybe not even a bust at all because the reason you were there. I mean, I you, know, you can go to a church and have things about that church that aren't really... Culturally, your thing that aren't really whatever. You may not even like the preaching that much. You may not even like the music that so much. You're okay you may, with that, you're but okay you're though. yeah, right. If you don't like the preaching, that's fine. Um, there's a little pink piece of paper on your desk, um, but oh. uh, no, no. There, it, you can you can uh, you cannot like those things, or, or or certainly. I mean, look, not every sermon is going to hit you, okay, right? and not every and not every worship set is going to hit you, and whatever. But if you're not thinking about what am I getting, what am I getting, what am I getting, then you're not going to be as disappointed when you've come and mostly given now the problem is is that it's not the people's fault that they feel that way it's the way that we talk about church okay and this goes back to uh you know classic economic theory generally speaking and people are like oh great here he goes on classic Mm -hmm. economic theory uh (laughs) generally speaking we try to to be to uh I'm not going to use the word manipulate, but we try to affect people's behavior by appealing to their own sense of self-love. Okay, right. so you've got a Coke in your hand right now. They can't see that, but I can. Um, not a sponsor, um, but that uh, that Coke. To the, microphone. the there oh, there you go. I'm sure they can hear the bottle there. Um, that Coke. The the reason that you have in your hand, at least partially, is because someone has convinced you at some point or another that. This is going to give you pleasure, or so long life, or yep, or it's got your name on it, or or whatever it may be. Somebody has has used an advertising method that has appealed to your self love. They don't say. No one says, "Drink Coke. It's the right thing to do." <laughs> suffer well, through Coke because yeah. because you ought to suffer for Coke. No one uses that as an advertising method because it's not effective. What's yeah. effective is to say here's what this here's what this has to offer you. Mm-hmm. this is about you, and so all advertising I mean go look at any advertising you find there's some aspect of it that's 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 appealing to your self love
0: and I think I've seen a lot of advertisements this might be a pushback on what you're saying I've seen a lot of advertisements that kind of do the pay it forward type of thing like I think I've even seen Coke ironic that we're talking about coke i I think I've seen Coke advertisements where um you know someone is handing someone else a coke. Someone like passes it on and then later that same person who just got handed a Coke is buying a Coke somewhere and then they see someone and they hand it to them or something like that. Sure. I'm not sure exactly how that commercial goes. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I think products can can be effective in that way. But go ahead. And go ahead. I think but I think what that's really about is about feeling good about yourself because it's and it's showing that you are so selfless that you would give such an amazing product like Coke up um, for someone
1: else. <laughs> right. Why are you assuming the other person wants your stupid <laughs> yeah. Coke, right? Um, no offense, Coke. I don't want you to sue me, but, um, and I like Coke fine, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think sometimes we do, that you see some of that, but most advertising, right, yeah. is is an attempt to make you feel, and there's nothing really wrong with saying, you're going to like this hamburger. Yeah. Okay, uh, if, like, they, if you believe that's true, that someone's gonna like it, I I tell people, hey, look, check out this. You, know, you went and watched a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great movie. You go to your friends and you're like, hey, check this out. You're not telling them to check it out because them watching is going to make you feel better. You're telling them to check it out because you think that they're going to enjoy it. So mm-hmm. you are appealing to their self love at some level. That you know, honey, eat the cookie so that you know, or, or, or how about this one? Um, do the thing, or you're grounded. Okay. Right. You're appealing to the self-love even there, like <laughs> you don't want to be grounded, and so you'll do this thing. We we tend to, but that's when we're trying to affect behavior. Okay, mm-hmm. so so follow me here. Okay, if I'm trying to affect behavior, I'm my only power is to convince or persuade you by appealing to your self-love. But if we don't believe it's us. That's involved in the process, but rather God who's involved in the process, we don't have to feel the pressure that we're the ones who have to bring people into the church by saying, come to our church. It's the best church. It's the whatever. Let me just tell you, it's not the best church. I don't know what the best church is. Maybe, I mean, God knows that. Somewhere there's the best church, okay? <laughs> um, the best local expression of the body of Christ who's just killing it. They're just awesome and amazing. And that's, and that's great. It's probably not Acts Church, okay? It's probably not whatever, you, whatever church, whoever's listening, whatever church you're at. it's probably not the best church in the entire world. Um, for certain people that are called to be part of that body, they're called to be there because Christ w- wants to use them along with you in a process. The church is a movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, k- uh, the, the author of this article talks about the church being a movement as opposed to an institution. I agree with that. And so, but if I'm going to you saying, here's, let me list off for you all the things that this church is going to do for you. Let me sell. The church to you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that because you believe that there are good things, that they're going to be good for the person. But if you go too heavy in the, here's everything it's going to do for you, then why would you then be upset when somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm not feeling it. It's not doing for me what I thought it was supposed to do for me. And and the way I got in here, the way that I was was persuaded was all based on what this is going to do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I try to, and <laughs> maybe I'm just crazy. But I try not to do a lot of that. I try when it comes to when it comes to people coming to the Lord um, in, in salvation and and if you don't know the Lord, you know, give me a call. We'll talk about that because you need to know the Lord um, and and have salvation and have peace with Him. But but when I talk about salvation and so on, I don't I don't primarily or or over extend the benefits, especially the temporal benefits, like the, you're going to feel happy, everything's going to go well, no one's ever going to get sick, you're going to be wealthy, you're going to be whatever. I, I, that stuff is nonsense, first of all. None, it's not true that those things are going to happen because you get saved. What's going to happen is you're going to be saved, and you get to have a relationship with the Lord, and you get to faithfully work for Him for the rest of your life, selfishly and sacrificially. Does that sound like fun? I don't know if it sounds like fun or not, but I can tell you that, that the rewards— there, if you want to talk about the self-love part of the rewards, there are amazing because the relationship you get with Jesus, but to sell it as, Hey, this is all about you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hey, American, how are you doing? This is all about you. Yeah. Um, God bless America and come to this church because we're going to make sure that you are happy at all times. And if you're not happy about anything, we're going to jump, you know, do, you know, do backflips to make you happy about it. That's not church. Yeah. That's a, that's a corporation. And, and there's no interest in that. But let's be honest, haven't we been responsible for even in the way that we invite people to church and stuff sometimes overemphasizing the benefits that it's going to have to like, a person hey, is
0: for you so you can be happy yeah
1: and then, if they show up, then they're just they're bound to be disappointed because what they're going to find is, well, there's amazing stuff going on in the church. Don't get me wrong. It's an amazing thing to be a part of it. It's a joyful thing to be a part of it. There's also hard stuff about it, mm-hmm. there's also really difficult stuff about it. There's also a call to be working and to be giving. I mean, it, hey, come to my church where you can give a bunch of your money that you used to keep for yourself so you could go to the beach on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're now going to give it so that we can go uh, do, do ministry here in, in town or in Honduras or in the Philippines or whatever. Um, that, that, Used to be your money. Now it's going to be God's money. Is how often do we sell church by selling tithing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we yeah. don't, right? Yeah. Because we know that. It, but but I think we got to be careful about becoming salesmen. Yeah, salesmen for God. Because if you read the Sermon on the Mount, if you read uh, that stuff, absolutely, there's there's the Lord is I believe makes following Him attractive. But He also is an, is very clear about the the difficulty and the seriousness of the call. And so we if we don't want people to not show up at church as much because it's not doing a lot for them, then we have to stop selling church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, my whole point in all that is I don't put that all on the people. I don't put that all on those who um, who feel that way because I feel like we as the church and as the people in the church have sometimes encouraged people to view church in that way. Mm-hmm. What what can church do for you? Um, but this is more that JFK asked not what your church can do for you, but what, what you, can you do, can for, do your for your church, church right? Um, and, and that's that's important. Let me, let me rock through a few more of these so that we can um, get through it. Uh, the cultural disappearance of guilt he talks about um, he talks about people feeling guilty about not being in church and that being gone. We have sort of already talked about that. Um, there, there is no longer a cultural guilt, mm-hmm. uh, right, an outward in guilt on not being in church like the guy who wouldn't come out and mow his lawn until yeah, after whatever. Yeah. That's not, I mean, I don't know how it is back in Virginia where I went to law school. I don't know how it is in, in Texas or, or Louisiana or New York City. I do know that here there is absolutely zero cultural guilt mm-hmm. for not being in church. In fact, it might be the opposite. There might be a cultural guilt for like, being in church. Oh, you can't church. do
0: anything till noon on Sunday because you're in church. Right? Wow. Okay.
1: Or, or like you go to church. I can't believe you do that. Those people are whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, if anything, the, the not only not a guilt, but there's almost you're almost better off not having to tell your friends you went to church in some scenarios around here. I hope I hope that's not too true, but I think that there's there's some truth to the fact that at least we would say minimally it's neutral. And at the at the high end, it's probably there's a guilt for you to not go to church rather mm-hmm. than to to go to church, and so um, there's no question he's right about that, and, and that probably affects it. Although I don't think that's necessarily a negative thing because I don't think people should be going to church out of guilt. Out of guilt. Yeah. Um, I think they should be going to church because they feel compelled, because they love Christ, because they love the brothers and sisters. It's an in
0: opportunity for a good thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So number seven is self directed spirituality. Um, and so, basically, saying, "Look, people, uh, people don't like uh, things like leadership um, having a role in their lives. People don't like those things, so they, so they search for creating their own set of spiritual." Uh, um content, which is okay, I, I read this book by this person, I do this, I listen to this many online sermons, I you know, whatever it is. I he's not talking about online sermons here, but but that could be part of it. Um you're you're looking to uh give yourself the content for spiritual life from other sources than the church um, for a number of reasons. Certainly that's true. I mean, you go to go to the self-help section of any bookstore and and check out the the number of people there compared to say uh you know the number of people in any other section frankly, of the bookstore, um, people are looking to self-direct their spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Um, Leaders in churches have failed many times, and people have gotten fed up with that. And if you put your trust in a leader, I agree that you're going to be disappointed. If you put your trust in the Lord and believe that he has called certain people and that he's going to use them, I think you'd be less disappointed, especially when you're very careful about um, where you go. But to reject the church... um, in, in favor of a self-directed spirituality, it's just not going to get you yeah. um, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, you're, you're, God designed us to be in a community of this type. And so have you seen a lot of that?
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, um, and I think part of that is Facebook culture of, of articles. Like you can get your – you can just follow um, some page on Facebook or something like that where you can just read articles about what this guy thinks about. About this part of faith and what this guy thinks, and some of that. I mean, if if you're doing that in supplement to um, being part of a body, that's great. Like mm-hmm. like you're you're learning, you're growing. But if you are building your entire um, view of religion off of whatever Google tells you, uh, you're probably getting misled because there's no way to. Um, well, there's no relationship there, mm-hmm. and you have no idea whether these people are, are worthy of, of speaking on these matters, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: Right. You're not able to vet the person who's speaking in the, because you don't know what their life looks like. You don't know mm-hmm. any of that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much out of hand reject the idea of it's me and the Holy Spirit. And man, I don't need the church, and I don't need anybody else, and I've got the Bible, and I can do my own thing. I just—that's—it's just unbiblical.
0: Because you can't find a single person in the New Testament who's living like that. No,
1: it's 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 unbiblical. It's just absolutely unbiblical. The, it's very American, um, but it's not just American. It's human, right? I can be in charge. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I, I
0: don't need anybody else to be speaking into my life. The closest thing you can find in Scripture is probably the Ethiopian eunuch. He's just reading the Bible on his own. And just trying to make his own spirituality out of the Bible, which is commendable. But he has no idea what he's doing with it until... Um, Philip. It? Philip, yeah. Um, comes along and, and explains things to him. And then he's saved and baptized right there because he's he's led to understand. And I'm sure, um, I hope that Ethiopian eunuch somehow found a Christian community to be a part of rather than just... History would say that he did.
1: Um, yes, and, yeah. And so, yeah. On. Yeah, because, because there is no... There is no gospel. There is no. There is no church without community. There is no church without accountability, and accountability requires other people. God works, acts through His body. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go on and on and do podcast after podcast on this. Um, I would just say I, I definitely reject self-directed
0: spirituality. And it kind of goes back to that same thing where we were talking about with the with the online church thing is um, because you're making it about you and not about right, um, not about God and not about. And you're
1: people. you're very much overestimating your ability um, to. To do what you're what you're thinking to do, and you're overestimating your ability to make it through hard times without a shield wall. Yeah, exactly. um, because people you because g- you. you are going to go through difficult times, and you need your brothers and sisters in Christ in those moments. And so, yeah. um, next one is failure to see a direct benefit. I think we already talked about that, which is to say, people are going to do what they want to do, and they don't, and they're not going to church, which means they don't want to go to church, which means they're not seeing a benefit for themselves. Um, that can be an issue with the church, which is to say. I, like I said, it's not about ourselves, and so we shouldn't be um, counting our experience of church by how great we feel or how much benefit seems to be coming our way, but the church is also responsible to be healthy, um, and that's our responsibility individually as part of the church, and that's the that's responsibility of everybody in the church, um, and particularly the leadership of the church, to have a healthy church so that, there, so that you are seeing some benefit. You should be, yeah. over
0: time, seeing growth and seeing yeah. benefit. If you've been in a church for six months and you haven't seen no personal benefit, it there's probably something wrong with that church.
1: Yeah, if you're not growing at all, and no one is, is pushing you towards growth, and you're not and you're not seeing uh, love and relationship and the blossoming of the things that should be
0: part of the church, then right, I can you, see you're either not engaging in that church truly as you should be, or that church is is unhealthy.
1: Probably. Yeah. And and you know maybe maybe there's a. Uh, combination of both um, yeah. that I can happen. But some there are let's probably be honest. In the church probably isn't there there's almost certainly there are almost certainly churches, or it says church on the building outside mm-hmm. where you where that could be true. Mm-hmm. Um, either you're not called to that particular body um, and so the Lord is is not going to make it a comfortable place for you to stay. Or really, they, they've got some issues that they need to work through. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's its own thing. Value in attendance over engagement is the next one. And that's just basically saying, look, if the church is so worked up about, about you know, butts in the seats, as it were. I'm sorry, I said butt. Bottoms in um, the bottoms chairs. Bottoms in the chairs. Um, if they're super worked up about that and not about engagement, about getting you involved and about and about teaching you about your spiritual gifts and about the body of Christ and about whatever. And you've got kind of like a top-down um, leadership structure where it's like, look, we're the anointed ones. You guys just come show up and just get as many people to show up as possible so you can hear my wonderful words. Um, Yeah, that is not a recipe for me wanting to be at church very often. Instead, it should be, and I think we really try this at Acts Church particularly, uh, through things like orientation, through things like the opportunities we have for for volunteering, for growing, for anyone who wants to can come in and do um, a one-on-one spiritual gifts assessment with myself or one of the other elders and, and try to figure out, you know, where, you know what's the Lord doing in your life, and how can we plug you in? Because this is your church, as much as anyone else's church. There's not a a leadership and then a laity, as some people would say. There's just the church, and yeah. yes, there are different roles within that, but everyone is called to be involved and to and to be engaged. And if you don't have that, instead you're like uh, just a, a, a number, right? how many did we have on Sunday? Well, we had this many on Sunday. Um, and that's, and that's all you ever talk about. And it's all about numbers. It's all about metrics or ways of measuring how many people were in church. Well, of course, that's not going to make you want to be there every week. You're going to be, you're not going to feel engaged. You're not going to feel valued. Um, have you, have you ever felt that before? Have you ever seen that with people before?
0: No. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, again, I, I have a very atypical, um, church experience I think um, I've almost always been involved in some sort of leadership so it's probably harder for me to see that because I would have been um, someone that people were engaging with generally in the church uh, but I think I think it's I, I have seen churches where there's a disconnect between the church leadership and the church attendee mm-hmm. um, where where it is it's really just a show that's put on to um get people to be there right um, and there's not really any further engagement and I think that's um, where it goes wrong is when it's it's not about it's not about relationship it's not about um, engagement yeah 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 I
1: I I can see how that can happen I can see how people can get lost in that um, some of it's culturally driven some of it's just driven by you know the things that we all struggle with but if that's your mindset towards church. Um, now, of course, do I desire to see every church in America that's healthy grow? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, in terms of numbers, in terms of number of people in the seats. Yes, but but not for the sake of growth, for the sake of seeing people get saved, delivered from sin, restored. Uh, you know, redeemed and and growing, and marriages changing, and and lives changing, and 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 uh, families growing stronger, and all all the things that come from less sin and, and more love, and more fruit of the spirit, and less of the of the sins of the flesh, and and all those kinds of things. That's the point. It's not, oh, hey, uh, you know, we have X number of people. Well, okay, that's fantastic, but that's that's all that tells me is how many bodies were sitting in seats, what I want to know is, what does it look like? What mm-hmm. does the growth look like? Are, they, are, are you going through the hard times with each other? Are you rejoicing with those who rejoice? Are you mourning with those who mourned you? What's the life groups or small groups ministry look like? Is, is it powerful? Are people seeing life change? Are, are marriages stronger? Are these things happening? And if that's not the, the place that you're... What's the point otherwise? Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's other things that we could all be doing. And so
0: You might as well just be going to a concert.
1: Right. I mean if I if I'm looking for entertainment, let me just be honest, okay? The very best church in the entire universe. Okay, wherever that is the best Mm -hmm. as far as production, is probably not as good as or as entertaining as the average episode of, name your favorite show, Mm. okay? Um, So if it's purely entertainment that you're trying to do and drive people in for an entertainment thing, or people get to come in and have sort of this feel-goody feeling that there's really nothing behind, in other words, they're not engaging any further than that, then I'm sorry, but I'm not interested. Um,
0: Here's an idea. So Christian conferences are a big thing. In um, and, and Christian culture right now. Right. You know, you go to Compassion passion conference, you go to, I don't know, yeah. Catalyst, things like that. Um, and those are great things for what they are. But I think what's what's happened is churches have seen, wow, this conference, I, I re- person like church leaders go, I really personally enjoyed this conference. Uh, this conference seems to draw a lot of people and it seems to have a good spiritual effect. Right. Let's make our church as much like that conference on a weekly basis as possible. And that's not I think we're missing it right there. Right. I think we're um, trying to make our conference or we're trying to make our church a conference in that in a lot of situations. Speaking of
1: which, announcing this week we have Acts Church Conference 2018. <laughs> January, or February fourth, whatever it is, third. Um, so be there for the conference. Register right. for that. Register for the conference. That's um, a joke. No, don't no, go to no, there, a there's, no, there's no conference. <laughs> we do just not have the to just, be a, that. We have a conference every week, right? It's just church. Um, yeah, I totally see that. You, you and there's a lot of energy at things like that, events and so on. There's a lot of energy. There's a very high production value, all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Mm-hmm. But but if you're if you're like, hey, this will at the end of the day, if the word entertain is could be used as kind of almost the main goal of what's happening in your Sunday morning production, there's a problem. Now, am I saying that, that you should not be engaging in worship and engaging in preaching? I love good preaching. I love good worship. Um, And they are, and there's even an aspect that I would say it's entertaining to me, which all I mean by that is that
0: I enjoy, I enjoy it. it I enjoy right? that engagement, yeah. and,
1: and so that's fine. That, in fact, you should be trying to be excellent in all those things. But that is, but at the end of the day, people should not be going to the church that's the most engaging in that way. They should be going to the church that Christ has called them to attend. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, it may be the small little church that where everyone's 100 years older than you and whatever because God's called you there to do this or that. That's the point, right? Yeah. So the last one is, is the, the shifting culture, right? And I think he's summing up sort of all of these things point to or lead to a shift in culture, okay. Absolutely, everybody knows that. Go read the news, go grab yourself a newspaper from 1995 and grab yourself a newspaper from you know, 2015, 20 year difference or whatever, and see the, just the difference in what's going on and the way people think and the way, it, look, the world has changed. Mm-hmm. It will always, it, sh- culture will always shift and recycle and do all kinds of things, right? Until the Lord comes, we're gonna see this. And so is there a cultural shift? Yes. Is it a bad thing? I don't think so, and I'll Mm. tell you why. I'm actually okay with people questioning things like the traditional reasons we attend church, people questioning whether or not we are sticking to a New Testament model and what Christ set up the church to be, and looking for opportunities and places where they can engage at that level, and rejecting ones where they don't feel like they can, Um, because if, if it's driven by the Holy Spirit, then, then I'm all good with that. Um, what makes me sad about the th- about the whole thing is those who are, you know, people use the word dechurched. Um, those who are not going to church, who are not part of a body and whatever, because they've been burned by um, churches that aren't uh, doing it right, or their own issues, or whatever. Which I
0: think is something that's been happening for hundreds of years, um, but it was kind of unacceptable to let that affect your church attendance. Right. Like you got burned by this church, but you're still going to that church because. It would be socially unacceptable for you to stop going to it. And so then you're going to this church where you resent the people there. Oh, the dysfunction, I can just feel it. Right? Yeah. It just yeah. it just
1: it just grows. Of course, absolutely true. So maybe and this is a healthier
0: way to deal with that.
1: I think um, I think so. I think it's I think it's healthy to at least take the take a step back regularly. And we try to do that, you know, staff meetings and so on, and make sure we're on, we're on mission, we're, mm. we're, we're continuing the vision, we're doing this for the, right, for the right reasons. Ultimately, it never becomes about anything but the church and Christ's people and the Lord um, and, and the work of the Holy Spirit and, and fathers and Holy Spirit baptizing, um, seeing people become disciples uh, uh, for Christ. And so if, that's, if, that is, if this is gonna force us to do that, then I'm all for it. And Christianity has traditionally thrived when it's at the margins. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, when when lots of people in culture don't like it, if too many people in culture do like it, you probably have an issue uh, in the, in your messaging because Christianity's hard, and Christianity has there's so much uh, um, challenge and and work to be done. And now it's I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think all of that leads to um, a very refined uh, you know soldier for Christ, right? As you go through all these things. Um, but it is, uh, it is not the, the feel good, you know, something for you, uh, high production, high entertainment, um, thing that I think sometimes we can be tempted to make it. And so uh, that's all I think we're going to say about that this week. And, you know, I just want to encourage you, um, to, uh, attend, (laughs) not for the sake of attendance, but for the sake of your brothers and sisters in Christ. I, you know, before you think about miss, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) sorry about that. Before you think about missing a Sunday, think about the fact that we need you. Not just don't, don't think about, well, I don't really need them this week. Think about the fact that we need you. And so not, not to guilt trip anybody, because I don't think that's why you should go, but ask the Lord to give you that feeling to just be compelled by love to be part of the church. And so we love you and, and wherever you are and listening to this, um, if you're part of Axe church or part of another church, we pray that you would just model this, um, Christ-like behavior. This, the, the, the church that Christ, that Christ made one that wants to be together one that wants to grow together. Um, and, and we always all have to be checking our priorities. So, uh, anything else you want to add Hunter?
0: No, no, I think we, uh, I, this is an ongoing conversation sure. for sure. Something that we should probably be thinking about regularly. Um, why when there's a reason for us not to go to church i think we need to evaluate was that a good reason um when when there's a reason when we're planning how we're going to be doing um church i think we need to decide is this is this what church is supposed to be yeah um and is this going to give people reason um to think church is about them or to think um that is not worth their time. So, yeah, it's just something that we need to keep wrestling with. This was a good conversation, I think. And, um, yeah.
1: All right. Well, let me pray as we as we end here. Father, I just pray that you'd be with your church, uh, universal, Lord, uh, all those who who call on the name of of Jesus Christ and call you Lord, um, all the Christ followers on earth, Lord. Um, From from the beginning into the end, Lord, I just pray that the power of your church continues to work, um, to drive out darkness and to bring the light. Lord, we know you've already won the victory. And so uh, we're so blessed by that. We're so joyful about that. And we just ask that you would... um, just be with all of us as we have to make, uh, the decision to follow you. And as you call us to a body of Christ followers, a local body, Lord, I pray that everyone listening would find that local expression of the body of Christ would look hard for where you're calling them, not for necessarily primarily what it does for us, Lord, but primarily what it does for our brothers and sisters in Christ and primarily what you're calling us to do in being part of your body, Lord. And I pray that you would bring, um, functionality to churches that have dysfunctionality, um, in every church, there's some, Lord, and I pray that you would continue to to help us to become strong um, and that there would be no sickness in the body of Christ, but rather that we'd be strong, um, we'd be effective, Lord, we would be a shield wall of soldiers with the full armor of God, um, just walking forward, protecting and helping one another, Lord, and we just trust you. We trust you to build your church um, exactly exactly how you have called it to be built and exactly how you have determined that, that it needs to be. And we just pray that you would uh, walk with us in all of that. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen.
0: Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that podcast conversation as much as we did. If you haven't heard of Acts Church before, we are a church located in Camas, Washington. Um, we're a church that just loves God and loves um, the people that are a part of our church, as well as those outside of our church. We hope that um, if you're not a part of our church that you enjoyed this conversation and that it um, provoked some thought for you if you're not part of a church and you are close to us we'd love it if you came and checked us out if you're not close to the Camas, washington area we would hope that you could find some sort of church that you could plug into that you could be uh, a part of the body with because that's that's the full call of a christian is that you would be interacting with other christians and um, growing through that it's not something that we can do on our own You can see our website at axcamus.org. We have sermons up there. We have other podcasts up there. Speaking of which, if you would subscribe to our podcast, like it, give us a comment, um, anything to help us see that that this podcast is worthwhile to you and maybe just to know how it's affecting you. We would love to see that. It really um, helps us understand the direction that we should take this podcast. And so thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next week.